Hey, hello, and welcome to the show. It's me, John Park, and this is John Park's Workshop, right here on Adafruit Industries' mega broadcasting platform. Uh, not really. Hi, uh, I want to say hello to uh, the people who are popping into the chat over on YouTube. Hey, Byron and Cleo, and also our whole gang over on Discord. If you are joining us on Twitch or on Facebook Live and you're wondering why is nobody chatting, that is probably because they're over on Discord, which is uh, our main chat platform. So uh, check it out. Just uh, search for Adafruit Discord and uh, you can get yourself a little invite sent auto-magically and sign up and, uh, and come on into the chat. Uh, so let's see, what have we got going on today? Um, I've got a bunch of demos of some different cool stuff. I've got some bicycle-related things as we continue with our exploration of Bluetooth LE services that can be um, intercepted by and uh, read by and sent between uh, some of our microcontroller boards. In fact, today, this is the first one I'm doing using the Clue board. This is our new uh, happy little shiny board uh, that uh, I'll be focusing on here. So uh, get ready for it, huh? All right, so let's see what we got first. Let's, uh, let's mention this uh, little beauty here, which is our jobs board. And uh, if you haven't checked it out, I encourage you to go check out jobs.adafruit.com. Uh, let's uh, pop over to a view of it right there. That's what it looks like. Uh, and it's free. You can sign up uh, and you can post jobs. You can uh, post your resume if you're looking for work and it costs nothing. And we're here to help uh, hook up people who have uh, skills and needs related to all sorts of making and creating and engineering and coding, uh, development, graphics, all sorts of things. In fact, if we look here uh, today, here's a new one. Uh, da Vinci Workshop Educator at the Discovery Muse Museum in Acton, Massachusetts. Uh, and let's check that one out. What do they have to say? They, uh, this, this educator oversees the Discovery Museum's Da Vinci Workshop, a permanent exhibit where visitors can tinker, design, build, build and invent uh, like the artist, scientist, engineer, and inventor Leonardo da Vinci. Oh, that sounds really cool. Uh, so check it out. There's a link there. Uh, once you go to jobs.adafruit.com, check that out, and you'll see more info uh, about the full job description. It's a full-time uh, job in Massachusetts on site, pretty sure. So that's pretty awesome. Go check that out, and that's, uh, that's right there at jobs.adafruit.com. Uh, let's see. Something else I wanted to mention, the make code newsletter. We have a new edition coming out very soon. So if you haven't subscribed, uh, go ahead and do it. You can go to daily, uh, sorry, adafruitdaily.com and you can sign up. This one, uh, if you go to makecode.adafruitdaily.com, you can see the archive of previous um, issues that we've put out. There's the January issue there, make code opening a world of possibilities. Uh, so we have uh, all sorts of news and links, uh, videos, tweets, workshops, new hardware, new extensions, uh, all sorts of announcements within the Make Code world. So I encourage you to check that out. Uh, and we'll be sending that one out, I believe, next week, uh, sometime early next week. So go sign up and you won't miss it in your inbox. All right. What else have I got? Um, hey, look, that's your coupon code. 
that's going to get you 10% off in the store. If you want to go get some cool Adafruit stuff, uh, head to the store, buy some stuff, and on your way out, don't forget to type this coupon code in to get 10% off of your entire order. Uh, the coupon code is CRANKSET. That's right, CRANKSET, just like the one on your bicycle there. Uh, and that um, is good on any goods from the Adafruit store, uh, except for software, gift certificates, and subscriptions, but it's good on real physical things. So go fill up your cart with great stuff and save some money while you're at it. That's what I encourage you to do. Uh, since I've mentioned the coupon code and I've mentioned the store, why not a product of the week pick? So you may have noticed I've been getting into using some microbit stuff lately, particularly because the uh, Clue board also uses that edge connector microbit form factor. So I've been checking out some of these uh, accessories that we sell. And this one here, which is my pick of the week, and that is the IO bit by Kittenbot. Uh, so I have one right here, and I'll show it to you over the, uh, the downshare in a second. But what you can see is the I.O. bit allows me to plug a micro bit, uh, or presumably a clue. I haven't tried it yet, but it allows me to plug one of those boards into the I.O. bit. And then it breaks out a whole bunch of I.O. for me to use with the sort of typical signal uh, ground and power trio that allows you to plug in things like servo motors uh, and sensors like this potentiometer here. It also breaks out five volts. I think normally you can only get three volts out of micro bit, but this uh, allows you to power it through this little voltage regulator from a USB. Uh, and I believe that's still good for programming it as well. You don't have to plug in a separate cable up at the top. Um, but this I have just plugged into a battery pack actually right now, USB battery pack. That's going to power it. So I'll go ahead and turn this on. Let me, uh, I'll show you. We've got in fact, let me go to the overhead because that's ridiculous what I'm trying to do there. Hang on. <laughs> Let's go to the down shooter. Uh, let me move some stuff out of the way there. And what you can see is I've got my little I.O. bit with my micro bit plugged into it. This is going to power it on, this little blue uh, clicky switch here. And then I've got uh, a little servo motor like a pan tilt set up here. So if I hold that and you can see now I'm just going to move this potentiometer And now my, let me get that all on screen for you. Let me hide this thing too. So much on screen. There we go. So you can see now I'm using a potentiometer plugged right into the IO bit. And the IO bit uh, is allowing me to plug in this servo motor directly. And it's not uh, browning out the board, which I don't think you can power this uh, servo with this much load on it that well from a three volt uh, board with low amperage would probably just brown the thing out but, and reset. But uh, this is powering it really nicely because we have this little separate uh, five volt regulator here. So that's my pick of the week. It's the uh, IO bit from Kittenbot and it allows you to uh, do a whole bunch of stuff with still some of these uh, typical um, pads for capacitive touch and hooking on alligator clips. It's so a three volt in the ground there, and then you get all of this extra I.O. So that's the I.O. bit. Um, and like I said, I'm very excited that we're kind of digging into this world of micro bit accessories because it is a rich, rich world. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff uh, that you can plug things like the micro bit into. And now uh, soon enough, we'll be starting to plug clue boards into those as well. Um, and that one, by the way, I, I coded that in make code. That was really straightforward to code a uh, 
potentiometer read and a servo write, write and make code. So that's my pick of the week. Uh, let's see, you know what? I think that uh, helps us segue pretty neatly into my make code minute this week. So let me set some things up and uh, give you a dose of this. All right, so pop that on there. That, uh, and let's see. Let me give you a, uh, an overhead view. Oops, not that one. How about that one there? Let me move that where you can see it. Zoop. Okay, uh, so for the Make Code Minute today, what I wanted to do was show you how you can run a grid, an external grid of NeoPixels from a Circuit Playground Express and use the buttons in order to light up different rows of this grid. So you can see here, I'm pressing my A and B button on the Circuit Playground Express and I can either page through these rows or I can flip the switch and I can dance through them a little more slowly so you can watch each one light up separately. Uh, so the way I set this up inside of Make Code, I have a few things. First, in the uh, start block, what I do is I set an external strip on A4 pin, and that's what I've got my alligator clip plugged into over here uh, from the NeoPixel grid to the Circuit Playground Express. And I set that up with 64 pixels. It's an 8x8. Then I set the strip type to RGBW. It happens, this one happens to have the extra white pixel in it. Uh, and then I set the strip brightness to pretty, something pretty manageable and low, 5. Then I set this variable called the pixel position, and I set it at 0. And that's actually the upper left corner of this uh, NeoPixel here. It's like a strip that just runs along for 64 pixels from 0 to 63. Uh, and then I call this function that I created called light row. And what LightRed does is first it sets all the pixels to blue. That's kind of like our background. Then it loops through eight times and it sets the strip pixel color to red at whatever the pixel position is. And the first uh, pixel we get is that first pixel there, pixel zero. It lights up. Then we increase that variable by one and repeat it. So this happens eight times. We also check the switch to see if the switch is left or right. We're going to run quickly or we're going to put a little pause in between. And then the last things we do is when I press the A button or the B button, I'm calling one of these functions. If it's bar down, then I check to make sure I haven't run off to the end of the strip. I, I make sure I'm under or at 56. And then I call that light row. If we hit the A button, we go backwards. And that means that we're going to check to make sure that we're not two rows from the beginning. And then we subtract 16. So when we've drawn out to the end and we want to go up a row, we jump that value up two rows or two full rows essentially, the beginning of the row above, and then draw those eight pixels. Uh, and so that is how you can create a little light show like this on a NeoPixel grid, an external grid, using the Circuit Playground Express encoded inside of Make Code. And that is your Make Code Minute. Hey, where'd I go? 
Hey, hello, I'm back. Uh, yeah, you, you can see here, we at uh, Adafruit, you may have noticed if you've been watching uh, stuff on, online and on the social stuff, uh, we've been cooking up a couple different ways to make our LEDs a little more viewable on video. So uh, this was, as you've seen, I've, I've been using my little gel filters a lot. Uh, so this is that same piece of purple uh, photo gel uh, filter that I'm using to make those uh, pixels a little easier to see. Uh, and then Phil B was showing last night using some of that tap plastics uh, matte finish, what they call LED acrylic. And it's a translucent black acrylic that has a matte finish. And it does a really nice job of both diffusing the neopixels and hiding the um, uh, surface of the light emitting grid that you have, be it pixels or these uh, LCD or LED um, uh, displays that I was showing last week. So we've got a couple ways that we're working on to make these uh, look even better than usual. So um, stay tuned. We'll probably come up with some more. Actually, I, I would like to give credit where credit is due. That uh, tap plastic, that was first something that uh, our own C. Grover from the chat alerted me to a, a couple years ago, and I ended up using it in a couple little projects where I wanted some matte black acrylic that I'd laser cut and some LEDs to shine through. It's perfect for that. So uh, thank you to C. Grover for pointing that out. Uh, all right, let's see. What's next? Uh, how about we take a look at a little Make Code Arcade game uh, pick of the week. So this is one that uh, I got from the forums. Let's bring, bring up this here uh, and hide that. No, that's too big. How about I put a me over there? Okay. Uh, so this is one that Richard from the Make Code team created, and this, he's calling this a Metroidvania demo. So if you go to uh, forum.makecode.com and go to the arcade uh, sub-forum there, you'll see this post. Uh, it's a little demo of a Metroidvania-style game he's been working on, and he says uh, it's just a demo. There's not a way to win or lose, but it's a really cool demo of like a multi-board or multi-screen uh, level using jumping and shooting and some pretty cool tricks. This one is created entirely in blocks. He's also got a version that he's going to be working on with JavaScript that goes even further. Uh, so I thought I'd, I'd first take a look at, uh, let's reset it. We have this little cute dude here. Uh, he's got a pompadour waving in the breeze and he can run around, he can jump and he can shoot. Uh, and you can see I can shoot out these little um, blocks here to make my way around the board. Uh, and you'll notice there's also these doors. And sort of like Metroid, you can't go through them until you shoot them. So I'm going to shoot a door, and you'll see it opens up, and then I can go to the next level and start blasting around, uh, whatever you're trying to do there. Um, so let's try another one down here. Let me blow out this row. Oh, and so yeah, you can see I shot the door. It opens up. I can climb through. The door opens behind me. Uh, you have to shoot it to get it back open. So let's take a look uh, briefly at, first of all, this is pretty large, and I can see why Richard is moving on to doing it in JavaScript. So you can see this is the code uh, for the game. There are a lot of blocks, uh, and I'm going to lose my, my path here, but one thing I wanted to point out that I thought was pretty cool is with the, the way the doors are working, um, there are a couple things going on. One, there's a tile map of those doors, and if you, if you see here, I'll click on uh, the tile editor, you can see there are these little, look like a, a watermelon slice and a lime slice and an orange slice. Those are tile maps that position the uh, doors. And so you can set three different doors on a level and have them be one of these 
pink, uh, green, or orange doors. And that allows the game to track which one of them you've run across so it doesn't have to use a ton of replicated code to open doors. So when you run over a tile map, depending on which one you hit, that's the one that it's then going to apply this animation to. Uh, and so if we look inside this open closed door function, uh, here is the uh, animation inside of the animated sprite editor. And you can see in the upper right there, that's opening and closing. Uh, so these are the frames of animation that were used to, to open that door, which I think look really cool. It's really, uh, I think, a study in simplicity and elegance uh, in, in the way this looks. So uh, thank you so much for putting this together and sharing, Richard. I think there's going to be tons and tons of great tips that you'll find looking at this um, inside of the uh, block editor. And then there's also going to be this future uh, version that will be inside of the JavaScript editor. So uh, that is my Make Code Arcade game pick of the week. And it is Metro 8 or a Metroidvania demo from Richard on the Make Code team. Thanks. Hey, why don't we check in with uh, our good friends in the chat? Um, if you're in the YouTube chat, or if you want to answer this on the Discord chat, we have a question on the YouTube chat from George, who said, uh, I'm trying to find the best gyro for around 20 to 50 pounds. That's uh, currency, not mass. Uh, anyone have a recommendation? I'm using an MP9050 right now. Uh, so if anyone uh, has any recommendations uh, on that, let us know over in the Discord chat. Uh, in fact, what's happening, Discord chat? Um, Oh, thank you, Toddbot. So Todd posted a link to that uh, Tap Plastics LED acrylic sheet. Uh, cut the size. I can take a look. Yeah, it's called Chem Class, ChemCast Black LED Acrylic Sheet. Uh, and let's see. You can get a sample of it. Uh, it's eighth inch thick. If you get a, let me do like a 12 inch by 12 inch sheet, that'll be $10. So it's not that expensive for that um, that cool new plastic. Not new, but sort of newly finding uses from us. Uh, also, Toddbot asked, what NeoPixel grid is that? The one that I was using in this demo here. Um, this is a 8x8 NeoPixel grid. Uh, it's in RGBW. I don't know if it comes in regular RGB, but it's a tileable one, so you can tile this up to, to multiple uh, instances of it, and then over I2C you can talk to them uh, turn them into one long strip, or, or uh, I think you can address them as separate ones. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just going to be one long strip. Um, that might be the easiest way to deal with that. Uh, but yeah, you could go to multiple of them from different pins uh, on your microcontroller. You can uh, bridge the D out of this to the D in of the next one. Then you might start to run into power issues. That's uh, something to consider. But uh, yeah, it's the 8x8. Eight eight. If someone can find that in the store and post a link over in Discord, that would be awesome. Uh, let's see. All right. So what else we got here? Um, I think it's time to take a look at the project of the week. So let me, uh, set some things up here that you can see. So first of all, there's my bicycle upside down on my workbench. Um, and let's move my head out of the way. Let me put my head over here. Um, so what we're talking about today are 
the speed and cadence sensors for bicycles. Um, so typically when someone's semi-serious about bicycling, they will get a little uh, bike computer that reads out uh, either the speed uh, that you're going or the cadence at which you're cranking, uh, pedaling essentially, uh, or both. And sometimes those will also integrate heart rate monitor display and other separate sensors. Uh, but there's a couple of major ways these work. So um, here's one set that I have. We've, we, we at Adafruit are working on these. I've gotten a couple sets to work with so that we can kind of cover our bases. So this is a pair of uh, essentially little IMUs. Some kind of accelerometer is used in here. One goes on your crank, one goes on your wheel hub, and when these spin around, they send a little uh, Bluetooth LE message to a connected device uh, each time they uh, experience a full revolution. The other type, the kind that I have on the bike here, is a a uh, single sensor, and it's able to read two magnets, one on your crank and one on a spoke. So they're kind of on, on two sides of this thing moving around. Um, and so what will happen is these actually are, are pretty clever. They just have a couple coin cell batteries in them or one battery in them, excuse me, and they go to sleep when uh, they're not doing anything, and you kind of wake them up by moving them a little bit or running the magnet past them in this case, and uh, then they can be connected to. So I have, uh, I might ruin everything because I have two sets of sensors that essentially my device will, will try to connect to either one. But before I, before I screw everything up, I'll show you this in action if I can. So let's go to a um, little down shooter here. Get that out of the way. So here I've got a clue board. Uh, and you can see I've got uh, some text on here. It says cycle revs and then wheel is at 21 and crank is at 1. Uh, I'm going to set that there and try to refocus on that a little bit. It won't let me refocus automatically. Hold on, I'll do it manually then. Okay, there we go. Uh, so if you watch that there, I'm then going to, uh, actually, let me put that in a corner. Where'd you go? I can put that there. Let's put that there. Get rid of that. Okay. So watching that number right now, I'll go ahead and crank the crank set, which will allow both the cadence magnet and the spoke magnet for speed to run past. Uh, and let's see, is this connected? It's not. Let's see if we can encourage it to reconnect to the right one. Otherwise, I might have to pull some batteries on one of these. And I'll also show you in a second inside of Moo how all this is working. So, um, it's, right now it's trying to connect. You won't be able to read that text until I show it to you in Moo. Okay, so there it is. It's saying wheel at 20, crank at 6. Uh, you know what? I'm going to flop these so that you get the big view there and a little view there. That makes more sense. My USB cable has a mind of its own about where this is going to go. There we go. Uh, so let's see. If this is not this one, then I'll just wiggle the other one around. So there we go. Yeah, so you can see each time I get that pedals uh, crank set around, it's going to add one, and the wheel is doing the same sort of thing every time that wheel, if I get that going real fast and then stop pedaling, you should see the wheel revolutions continue and the cranks sitting still. Hit the brakes. Uh, so let's take a look at what's making all that possible inside of code. So this is... Um, all coded inside of CircuitPython. Uh, 
And so if I pop open Moo here, um, first I'll mention some key contributions going on. So Dan Halbert has been working on uh, allowing multiple BLE peripheral devices to connect to one uh, BLE board, like the Clue board in this case. Um, so that we can read multiple sensors, which in, in this case, um, right now I believe that's maybe, that's, that's showing up as one sensor, but if I use the pair of the two IMUs, those are actually separate sensors. Uh, and if I have a, a second, I'll show you that on Android, how that, how that appears. So some of these are uh, kind of essentially two sensors built into one radio set. Uh, others each have a sensor, each has its own radio. So uh, Dan's made that possibly is also uh, worked on this uh, cycling speed and cadence profile, which is another one of these official profiles from the Bluetooth special interest group that has a well-defined set of characteristics that you can read once you're connected to a device. So it sends out uh, the, well, we can look at it here. In fact, let's let's take a look at, um, is it in here? It might be in the, in the library and not shown here. Uh, Let's see, speed and cadence, yeah, it's not showing them all. Okay, so what you'll get, though, is you'll get the um, number of cumulative wheel revolutions, the number of cumulative crank revolutions, the um, time elapsed in milliseconds since the last event uh, for wheel and for the crank. So uh, that's enough information for then a bike computer or a piece of software uh, and I'm not doing anything fancy right now. You can see I'm just looking at one of those values, the, the number of revolutions cumulatively. Uh, but none of that calculates speed for me for the wheel, for example. It just says the wheel's gone around 63 times. Uh, so typically how these work is that you'll have a piece of software on your phone or on your bike computer, and you have to do a little setup where you tell it the diameter of your wheel. And then it's able to do some math to calculate uh, the speed you're going in miles per hour or kilometers per hour based on uh, how many times that revolution clicks by in how much time. Uh, so, so essentially if it takes you know, 50 milliseconds for it to go around, that's really fast. If it takes, I don't know, 400 milliseconds for it to go around, uh, then it might say, oh, you're going 30 miles an hour. Um, so that's one development that's been great is the ability for us to have multiple um, sensors and uh, Dan working on just extracting out this information from the BLE service. The other thing is that for the Clue board, this is my first time working with the Clue board. Uh, I think I started the day before yesterday um, looking at it for the first time. And in CircuitPython, there's now a library that Catney wrote, which is a high-level library that allows us to uh, interface with a lot of features on the Clue board from a common uh, set of commands. So you'll see here in my code, there's this from Adafruit Clue, import Clue. So this is it. This is the Adafruit Clue library. Uh, if any of you are familiar with the Circuit Playground library, it's the same sort of thing. It's high-level commands that mean you can access buttons and you can access the different sensors on there, all using uh, a, a set of uh, similarly written commands, similarly named commands. So um, in this example, I'm actually not using the buttons or anything, so I'll, I'll show you some of that stuff more another time, but what I am using it for is the display. So I'm setting up this, this um, variable called clue data, and this is uh, a high-level clue 
um, command that lets me write to this display without using any lower level display I.O. stuff. So it has arguments for what is the title and that you can see I used that, um, let me put that little clue board back on the screen for you there. Uh, you might be able to see, let's see if I can zoom up any closer, that I've got that cycle revs uh, piece of text up there. Uh, so that's this, cycle revs. And then I've got uh, the scale of the title, I set it to one. And then my text scale for all the following lines, I set that to 301 of those nice and big. And then what number lines, there are 10 lines I believe that you can write to, uh, which is what fits if you leave everything at its default and use it kind of like a console. Um, I actually blew these up kind of big and put some space between them. Uh, and there's also some built-ins, like the color coding on each, each line is different, which makes it, uh, unless you override it, it makes it actually really nice and convenient to keep things clear. Uh, then I'm doing some of our typical importing of BLE library advertising so that we can listen for peripherals that are broadcasting. Uh, we're importing this BLE cycling speed and cadence service. Uh, and then we're searching for a device that's giving off that service. So those, those um, sensor devices, bike computer or bike sensor devices say, hey, I've got the bike uh, cycling speed and cadence service. So we connect to those. Uh, and then once we're connected, I am grabbing this data right here. So I'm looking for connection with the service, uh, cycling services. If I find that connection, I read those values. So it sends this one uh, attribute uh, or one characteristic that has those four attributes of the uh, crank revolutions and timing and the wheel revolutions and timing. I grab all of those. Uh, if, if they're there, and then I uh, create these two variables, wheel revs and crank revs, where I'm just cherry picking one piece of that, which is just the wheel revs. I'm not grabbing that timing info. Uh, and then those will show up uh, in my uh, serial display or REPL by printing. So this print statement here just puts them in the REPL view. Let me zoom in a little more even. You can see that. That's as far as I can zoom. Um, and let me wake this thing up again. All you gotta do is wiggle that magnet past the crank and it'll wake it up. Uh, and it should connect. It stayed connected, I just moved past it, okay. Uh, and we're seeing, what is that? The, uh, the crank revolutions of one. So it, just ca it, it got that, right? Because I didn't actually get the wheel to turn. Um, so it's just seeing one revolution go by. And if I spin that wheel, we can get um, we should get it to display some of those. Uh, oh, is it not showing up? Let's see. Let me restart. The oh, there it is. Okay. So 14 and 10, 15 and 10, 16 and 10, and so on. Uh, and then the way those are being written to uh, the actual clue board is this clue data zero. So that's actually the first line of text, line zero, it's zero indexed. Um, the text is, and then I'm doing some formatting stuff here. I'm saying the word wheel, and then I'm putting in this uh, integer variable, which comes from the format uh, formatting of this wheel revs, and then same down here for crank revs, and so that's how those are showing up. Um, if we, let's see, I want to show, I've got a minute here. I want to show you what this data looks like itself. So I'll, I'll do, how about just the wheel revs. Um, actually, I'll, I'll print the whole value. Let's see if this, this works. Print 
values. And let's save that to the board. I think that's the only board I have plugged in now. Saving to the right board. Uh, so that's uh, automatically restarting the clue board. It's now scanning, uh, as you can see down here in the REPL. It found something that had the speed and cadence service advertisement. So it stopped scanning. It connected to the device. Uh, right now it's getting no data. And it's telling us about it. I was filtering that. Uh, actually, we'll see a lot of those go by, unfortunately. Uh, so let me, let me stop the... I'm going to reset this. I think that'll leave that so I can scan back a little bit. Oh, there's a piece of the data. So there it is, CSC measurement values, and there it is, cumulative wheel rotations is 29. Last wheel event time is 12,132. It's a time monotonic. I think that's just counting up forever. Cumulative crank revolutions of 16, and last crank event time was 6,626. Uh, there you go. So that... I'm going to paste that where you can see it a little better. In fact, let's pop open Adam. Is that showing Adam? There we go. Let me just toggle soft wrap, and now I can zoom way the heck up. Okay. So some of that is still cut off, but there you can see that's what um, the uh, characteristic coming off of that includes actually all four of those pieces of info, and then that's why I'm needing to use some uh, variable assignments to, to pick and choose which things we show. Um, these would show up as maybe just speed or just crank if we use the other devices, but this one will always send uh, the full set since it has them. So I hope that uh, is interesting and helpful if you're thinking about uh, interfacing with some bike computers. Uh, we actually have a, uh, a more sophisticated plan on uh, a project to bring to you that will um, do the math of calculating your um, speed that you're going. And I don't know how the cadence is meant to be shown, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have that as well. Uh, Dylan is working on uh, this for us, uh, Dylan Harada, as, uh, as well as some other people in the CircuitPython team, uh, so that we'll be able to uh, put that data as well as maybe some heart rate stuff and some other cool things into uh, one nice display on the Clue and maybe even have a, a 3D printed enclosure so you can attach that to your handlebars. Um, so uh, that's about it. I think we've, we've just about run out of time. Uh, before I go, I will mention again your coupon code for this week or this day uh, till midnight tonight, Eastern Standard Time, is CRANKSET, and that'll get you 10% off in the store. Uh, I hope that uh, you've enjoyed, and I will see you next week, and look for a guide coming soon with some of this info on how to read and display your bike sensor information on the clue board in CircuitPython. Uh, for Adafruit Industries, I'm John Park, and this has been John Park's Workshop, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.